Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. That is the phone ringing. It's us. Welcome back, y'all. I am excited for this episode. This show is one I've been looking forward to because I rarely have individuals that can match my energy. Tom Slocum is with me. What's popping, buddy? What's up, man? I'm so hyped for this. We are going to have so much fun. Um, It's going to be wacky, crazy, insightful. Uh, And I'm hyped for it, man. Great to be here and great to see you again. It's great to be with you, man. We are going to get a lot of great examples your way. Tom is the master of being like, here's what I would say and just delivering. So get your pens and pencils ready and write stuff down if you want to, but just know that you're also going to get this recording. So I don't want to see in the chat. Hey, can you say that again? We will say it again multiple times. Let us know in the left on the right side, change your chat settings down to everyone and tell us where you're tuning in from. Shout out to Tracy from Edmonton, Canada. Our Canadian friends always rep. Shout out to Dayton, Ohio. Twice Dayton, Ohio. You two should sync up. Sync up. (laughs) Make it happen. Make it happen. Austin, Texas, Music City. I love it out there. Great music culture. Shout out to Grand Rapids, Michigan. I never miss your site. You guys always come out and represent. California. I think that's a little vague, but okay. Shout out to California. <laughs> Salt Lake City, Cleveland, Ohio. One more time. Nash, Vegas, what's popping? Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Sell Better by JB Sales. I am going to ask you who you are. That's what I want to know. I'm going to launch this right now. Hang on one second. Sorry, that's my fault. Bam, relaunch. There it is. Got it. Okay, who are you? That's what we need to know. This is how we tailor the conversation to the folks that are in the room. I did a quick survey and it was really interesting to see the results. And what I wanted to know is, do you listen to voicemails and look at some of these results? So interesting. And I like, I like that it was aggressive. 11% of people were like, screw voicemails. They never (laughs) read it. But look, look how many people read transcripts. We're going to talk about that today. Great results right there. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link to that poll that I put out there in the chat uh, so that you guys can Go and take part in that. That's fun. Yeah, see what the end result looks like at the end of the show. Kind of see how it in, uh, changes or if it gets higher. Yeah, it'll be a good time. To- it'll be a good time, right? Like I, I really want to talk about voicemails. I find this to be one of those neglected channels that people sometimes believe in and sometimes won't. And Tom, you're going to talk about that too. But that's what we're here to talk about today: is the best voicemail strategies that actually get you results. And uh, the man, the myth, Tom Slocum. This man is defaults to the phone. That's the thing that he does best. He teaches other people at the SD lab how to be an effective cold caller and voicemail is something that he does. Scan this QR code, check us out at sellbetter.xyz and explore our YouTube channel. This is where you can get all kinds of great value. Big shout out to Gong, our longtime partner. And I'm going to put something in the chat for you from our friends at Sales Blazers. Okay. Everyone is up in arms about how AI is going to impact the sales game in, in as like an overall, how is AI impacting us? It's a huge focus. And what they've done is put together four ways of how AI will improve sales. So get ahead of the game and learn how to use AI to your advantage. And there's four things that they're recommending that you check out. There's the link. It's in the chat. So go pick that up right now. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. Voicemails that you can leverage in your sales practices. Voicemails and how they affect all the other channels that we use. And Tom is just going to give you some scripts, some stuff to say. You need to say these things (laughs) so that you can get better at getting results with voicemails. Let's look at who's in the room with us. Yes. No surprise. SDR is leaving voicemails. Um, 
Let's get some numbers out there. Every day, put the number of voicemails you believe that you actually leave for people. How many voicemails do you leave a day? That's the number I want in the chat right now. Uh, and Tom, let's get into this. You use two frameworks that have been very successful for you. And then we'll look at some of these numbers. <laughs> yeah. I, as you know, right. And what I do for a lot of my clients and, and SDRs and things is I like to teach frameworks. I like to teach formulas because as we all know, there's not a silver bullet in sales, right? Sure. Everyone has to find their own way. And I always believe you have to buy into it in order to make it your own. If it's not, then it's never going to work no matter how much you try it. And so there's two that I teach when it comes to leading a voicemail. If you are going to embrace them, one is the PAR framework, purpose, action and result, and then quit, right? QIP, question, insight, prompt. And the way that these work, right, is the PAR is meant to start with the purpose of your call, then take them to the action you want them to take, and finally, show them the result that they expect from taking that action. And so, as you said, I like my examples, right? If I'm calling James Buckley, Hey, this is Tom Slocum from the SD Lab, James. I'm reaching out because I noticed your company has been expanding its sales team recently. I sent you an email with some insights on how our shell development solutions can help streamline your process. I would love for you to take a few moments to review it. You'll be a better understanding of how we can accelerate your sales growth. Look forward to your thoughts. Talk soon. So I gave the purpose. They know exactly why I called. I showed them the action, what I wanted them to go do, which is, hey, I sent you this email. It's going to show you some insights on how to improve. And then the result is by taking that moment to do that, I hope you'll be able to get a better understanding of how I can help you talk soon. Look forward to your thoughts. And so that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. If y'all could master that and leave that same voice message in the 10, 20, 30, 40 messages in some cases that I'm seeing in the chat right now, Imagine how much more effective you could be. It'd probably be twice that amount of, of messages because you're leaving them and they're so short, concise, and to the point, which leads me to my next question for everybody in the room right now. What is the purpose of a voicemail? Tom, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some tips that you've been using to be effective in your voicemails. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about these unique strategies. And I say unique because I think they stand out when somebody hears something that doesn't sound like every other voicemail, especially the robotic ones. Yeah. Um, you know, for those in the audience, I was a non-believer in voicemails. James and I talked about this pre-show. I've advocated. I've been in sales since 2007, right? The way that I was taught to do voicemails were scripts, giving your phone number twice, asking for the callback, all this erroneous stuff that, let's be real, did nothing for us. Very rarely did you get a call back. Nothing happened from it. And so now over the years, I changed the way I looked at voicemails. I did. It was more now another place for me to add value, another touch point that I could leverage. And nowadays, people don't answer the phone because they're not looking to gain information. They don't have to deck up the phone to get information anymore. So with my strategies where I look at voicemail now, is how do I direct them somewhere? How do I be very in and qu quick, brief, to the point? And so these are the three things that I will do is one, I make sure in, when I drop my voicemail, hey, James, it's Tom with the FD lab. No need to call me back. Just want to let you know I shot you an email titled XYZ. 
that's going to be in your inbox. I hope you might be able to go and search that. Let me know if you find that. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. I'll give you a call in a couple of days. Talk soon. Because again, I just take that burden and I get ahead of the objection. I've really been embracing getting ahead of objections by just defusing them for my, my prospects. So again, I'm already telling you, hey, this isn't a need to call me back. That's the first thing you want to know. Is this an emergency? What do I need to do here? No need to call me back, right? Yeah. Then I tell them, hey, here's my email. You know, go search this. That's why your subject lines need to be three words or less. Very clean, very good. So you can just reference it. They can search it. That improves your open rates, y'all. Your deliverability. You tend to get responses. A little bit of a warm lead because you get the alert. They opened it. Now you've got some engagement. Um, and then the last thing I'll do is, you know, put a pin in it. We've talked about this. I don't believe in breakup emails anymore. We never break up with people. You become a stocky ex-girlfriend all that great stuff. And so I've changed my emails. I've been teaching folks, put a pin in it because that's what you're really doing. Hey, James, I've been trying to reach you. Uh, looks like I wasn't able to grab a hold of you. This might not be a priority at the moment. I'm going to put a pin in it. I'm going to mark it on your account. And I look forward to talking to you when the time's right. Talk soon. And then that's my last voicemail of my sequence, right? And it's just like, hey, I'm just going to put a pin in it and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene when the time's right. And that leaves that door open that I can come back and not be mute. <laughs> I got to come back with adding value. If I see an article or something I could hit them with, you know, I could drop that in and it's not, you know, weird. You know, I'm an, I'm an energy person. And what I'm getting from the way that you throw those examples out is that there's a really positive, upbeat, almost like, you know, friendly, I know you type of vibe to it. And I try to go for that same thing. Look at some of these results right here. A lot of folks think leave a sales pitch is the way. I've heard this before. Uh, I don't believe that that is a good vehicle for a sales pitch of voicemail, uh, but that's my opinion and my vertical in my industry. Again, Tom's right. There's no silver bullets here, but I like so many people believe take an action is part and parcel to the thing. Uh, let's get with Tom. Tom, in your own words, what is the purpose of, of the actual voicemail? Now, the thing that I loved that you said was it's part of the larger story. It is part of the story. For me, it's to add value. It's another place in every time that you interact with your prospect, your number one goal should be, how do I earn the right to add value for them? Um, because we are always a nuance. We are always a disruption. We are always seeking something from them. Yeah. So I'd use voicemails. If I am going to leave them, I do it with intention. I'm not leaving a voicemail to leave a voicemail. There's no point, but I am going to, again, try to get them to take action and look at my email. I'm going to at least let them know the name and number that is coming through. So the next time I call, I have a better chance of them picking up. I'm adding in, I just saw your LinkedIn post this morning, James. I was just going to give you a call and I had a question about it. Look forward to talking to you soon. You might call me back and it's like, you know, hey, I saw your post, man, around email or uh, voicemail strategies. Is that something your team's tackling right now? And yeah, what are you doing, right? Now I have a more conversation and 10 minutes later, you're still talking to me. Right. Some of the context that you throw out there at the, at the front of it really makes a huge difference. You know, thanks for connecting on LinkedIn. I got your number from your contact info. I like to have real conversations with the folks I connect with. I'm looking forward to it. I'll talk soon. Right. This to me is like, oh my gosh, a real human being just called me. <laughs> right. How, how different is that? Right. Somebody that doesn't tell what's the link. We got yeah. great questions coming in. I want to remind everybody that they can ask their questions in the Q&A. We will leave time for Q&A. Uh, Tom is great thinking on his feet. Uh, here's my last question for you, and we're going to move on with the content here. Uh, do you believe that e that voicemails are an effective sales tool at all in the modern world? No one's judging you. This is totally anonymous. Please take part. 
Uh, we're very interested in this data. Tom, uh, I asked you uh, what the most amount of voicemails you'd ever left was, and you gave me a rule, and I'm going to share it in a minute. But first, I'm going to prompt everybody that's not taking part in the poll to take part in the chat. What's the most voicemails you've ever left for a prospect? How many have you left for a prospect? What's the number in your mind right now? Tom, you say you have a rule. What's the I have a rule. I use three. Uh, three, three rule. Um, my first voicemail, obviously we all will do, uh, which is to simply let them know my name and my number, put a name to it, put some context to it and give me a fighting chance. Otherwise I'm just calling every day and they'll never pick up. So I'm the first and foremost. Two is my second voicemail where I'm coming in a few days later, and that's going to be a value add, right? I've called probably day three, maybe day seven here, and I'm going to now have them take that action, right? Hey, I sent that uh, LinkedIn video on LinkedIn. I don't know if you live there, but I shot a cool video for you of things I've seen within your website that I thought would be of interest to you. Hope you're not opposed to watching. Talk soon, right? And I add that additional value. And then the third one is that put a pin in it, right? Towards the end of the sequence, now I'm dropping that voicemail saying, hey, James, you know, I tried to reach you, um, tried to hit you on LinkedIn email, didn't seem that this is a priority at the moment. I'll put a pin in it for now. But if it comes up again, my name's Tom. I'm with the FD Lab and I would love to be of service to you. Talk soon. You don't need to be blowing up voicemail. It's not for that. You don't need to be leaving one on every call, guys. It's not every time you do an outbound call, should I be leaving a voicemail? No. Right, that's that's way too much. If I got a voicemail every single time from you, how much can you really add? Right, if there's nothing at that point, you're just saying, "Hey, checking in. Hey, circling back." There's only so much. Yeah. So I try base three. Right. I'm just such a base chance. You know, did you get that voicemail or that email I sent? Like, it's just stupid stuff that's just wasteful. Be intentional and value, and that's why I could do the three rule because those three emails all have an agenda and they have a purpose. They're not random. They're not overwhelming. It's the first one to get my name and number attached and recognized. Second one is to add in value to bridge the gap between the LinkedIn, the email, and the phone. And then the third one is the tail up. And just letting them know, here I am to service you. Let me know when that time comes and I'm going to put a pin in it. And that's going to go in with my put a pin in it email. And I'll tell them that's the subject line. Talk soon. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving all of these examples that you're dropping. Everybody, please remember, you will absolutely get the recording to be able to get those and use them in your own cold calls and your own voicemails. Uh, it looks like 78% of the voters believe that voicemail is useful and 22% of the voters still are naysayers. I my My goal is that we drop enough examples and value on this show that you 22% you become believers. That's what I want from you. That's what I'm asking. So be ready for that. Uh, all right. So let's have some fun with the audience here and let's give a top tip for voicemails. We didn't talk about this. I'm putting you on the spot. Right. Uh, let me know in the chat. Yes or no. If you leave a voicemail for somebody, do you save their number in your cell phone as a contact? Yes or no. Let me know in the chat. Yes or no. Do you do this best practice? A lot of no's coming in already. Uh, that is my, uh, I save number. I try to because, again, yes, like I said, the reason I leave the first one is so that they do have the likelihood of the second call, right? So sometimes when an SDR, shout out to all you who prospect me, the ones that get the callback are the ones right now that have left me a voicemail because all I get is nobody leaving me voicemails. Yeah. So if you leave it, you're like, hey, Tom, this is an SDR over at Zoom Info. Just wanted to say, hey, I dropped you an email. 
yeah, if I have a moment at that moment, I'm absolutely going to save that real quick um, and throw it in my phone. So the next time that person calls, I'm like, oh my God, look, James is calling me from Zoom Info. Hey, what's up, man? You know, oh, you answered. Thanks, Tom. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I did. You know, thanks for letting me know who it was. Otherwise, I never answer that call that every single day, every couple of days is calling me. And I'm like, dude, I don't know who you are. And if it's not urgent or of value, you would have left me a voicemail if it was. That's how I was raised. It, the, the voicemail was for emergencies or for context that like, if you left a voicemail, that, that's what we all wait for when the phone stops. How many, how many times do you do that, James? The phone will ring, you let it ring out, and then you wait like an extra 60 seconds to see if a voicemail will pop up. Oh, I almost <laughs> always do it. Almost always do it. I wait and I see, is my phone going to, because if it does, I'm going to go. But here's my thing. And let me know in the chat, write the word transcript in the chat. If you read transcripts before you listen to the voicemails on your phone, uh, just write that. Then if you go to the bathroom, as James said in the background. I do it. I see the bathroom. People do it. I do it. I do it too. I pop over there. I'm just, you know, like, I'll look, you know? So I, I read the transcripts. I love them. I practice my enunciation for that purpose because again, it's like another email, right? It's very short, very clean. And if you can nail that, I promise you that we can run a poll or you're about to find out now, 90% of people read the damn transcript. You're not not paying attention to your voicemail, right? You yeah. see, um, you may not listen. So again, your tone and tonality you know, will get missed, but still they'll read that context and you have just a little bit higher chance of, of, of seeing something from that than not leaving one. I, I, I am a transcript reader. Uh, sometimes it's just easier and, and I don't, I don't want everybody to hear it. So I read the transcript, right? Even like if I hold it up to my phone, out loud. Yeah. Uh, I noticed something when you were giving your examples, you yeah. have, you have an end to your, uh, uh, voice messages and it's, it's very like prompting. I'll follow up. I feel a sense of like, Snap, I need to like get back to this person because they're not going anywhere. Do you follow? Is this how you end all of them? Let's talk a little bit about effective wrap up for just a minute. Your CTA, your wrap up is absolutely pivotal. It's micro moments. If you don't realize in sales that everything is a micro moment that adds and builds, you're missing out, right? And so just a word choice makes all the difference. And so, yes, my wrap up language and, and people always gravitate towards this is I we'll end every call or email with talk soon. Hey James, it's Tom over at DFD lab. Hey, I just shot you an email. It's titled this. It just shares a couple things around voice note strategies. I'd seen your recent LinkedIn post. I hope to talk to you soon to hear your thoughts on it. I'll be in touch. And that's my voicemail, right? Because what I told you in pre-show and what I've tried to do my entire career is replicate as much as possible and master how to treat my prospects like friends. Just like you would with your friend. Every time you talk to your friend, you either or family member, you either say, I love you, or talk soon, or hey, I'll be over in a couple of days, whatever. If you've not said I love you in a voicemail before, you're doing it wrong. Uh, because we've all done it. I'm pretty sure James is probably at one point been like, all right, I'll talk to you soon. Love you. I I say oh, things like mad love. I'd say things like mad love, dude. Talk soon. <laughs> right? Like I it's very casual. I I I think I do it. Michael and I you're definitely at the love time. Well, I see you, buddy. That happens, right? You're like, hey, love you. And you're like, well, that wasn't my wife or my friend. Like, that was a prospect. But yeah, I use language like that, right? Talk soon. Hey, I'm going to follow up because I am. And I just want them to be know that. And if they're not knowing that, they're going to cut that off way sooner and be like, yo, you're not going to be calling me a lot. I'm going to call this dude back or get back to his email. So he doesn't do that, right? Like, I'm not right for him. 
So I don't know. It's just those micro words of pop soon. I'm going to follow up in about two days. Just giving them that expectation that I, that I am coming back. I have value here because again, I prospect with intention, right? I'm not trying to blind spam people. I'm not trying to just call random numbers for, you know, tables. I'm really calling because I have a solution for you that I would like to talk to you about and, and see if it's even a priority. I'm not pitching you. I'm just trying to gauge where you're at and some triggers I have. Tell me you're you're kind of looking into this right now. So yeah. why are you mad at me for for asking? <laughs> you know, like I thought you had a runny nose. I'm offering you a tissue. You're gonna get mad at me? I'm just trying to help. <laughs> I'll be slapping them tissues away like all of our cold call recipients. You know what I'm saying? No, get that tissue out of here. I don't want that tissue. I'm just gonna have this runny nose for the rest of right. my situation here. Let's get a question in or two because we got some good questions coming in. I want you guys to know right. and upvote upvote the questions that matter most to you. That's what we want to see right now. Uh, and make sure you're not repetitive in there. Uh, see if the, the question you're about to ask has already been asked. This one comes from Christian. Shout out to Christian for a great question. Uh, what cadence do you usually use when you leave voicemails? Uh, is it too frequent? So I think what the question there is, is where do voicemails or calls fit into your cadence when you're leaving these voicemails? Yeah. Um, like I said, my three prong uh, kind of rule is, you know, day one, we're triple tapping, right? We're hitting phone. We're probably going to do a LinkedIn follow when we're going to get that email out, right? And I'm going to leave that first voicemail. Because again, I want them to know and now register this number. And we could talk if we have time at the end about like that scare of giving that ahead of time because people are like, yo, then they'll never pick up, right? So there's some things there, but that's the first one. Then I don't leave a voicemail again, day two, just a phone call. Got day three, probably just another phone call in the afternoon. By day four, day five, I'm now going to leave that second voicemail because now my value that's coming in my email cadence is starting to warm up. Right. So it's in conjunction to where they're going to start again, like maybe a case study or a testimonial video, something that'll add value or, you know, whatever I'm sending. Then now I'm going to bring in that second voicemail. Then just regular phone calls from there. And then my final one is at the end of that cadence, which is like day, you know, 15 touch, day 27. And I'm doing that breakup voicemail with them. Right. Now, do I have sprinkled in there occasional voicemails? If I see something that like a trigger came in and I do see you just made this voicemail strategy post. Yeah. My next call, I might sprinkle that in there and give yeah. them like a, like just a compliment. Hey, it's just Tom over here. I was just giving you a call. No need to call me back, but I really loved your voicemail strategy this morning. I actually left a comment on there. I was just seeing if you had a moment to talk about it. I'll call you again in a couple of days. And it's just added value because I'm not pitching, but it's like, dude, this person's keeping aware of me. They're seeing me and I'm adding value in there, right? Uh, or prompting them because you might call me back. You're like, what'd you like about my voicemail strategy post? And it's like, you know, I love that you're creating first off, like Modi Armor. So congrats putting that out there. And you build them up and now you're 10, 15 minutes into a call, right? If they called you back. That's my tip. That's why, that's why my tip was the way that it was, Tom, was because if I'm going to go and hit you on all these other channels, what if, what if that person actually does decide to call me back, right? I want to be able to pick up the phone and be like, Tom, what's up, right? Because I've been waiting for your call is the vibe I want to give off, not, oh, hang on, and then scramble to my CRM to see who this number belongs to. <laughs> for real. For real. Um, yeah. No, that's the kind of cadence I approach. Uh, I think too many is when you go above five. I think we talked about that. I think in 30 days, if you've left me more than a five voicemails is a problem. Like you're just getting too crazy with it. You're kind of exploring it a little too much. Mm. Um, because you've already know, told them who the number was. Like, and it's okay, right? And again, going into the purpose of a voicemail, it's kind of like that emergency or this real intent to leave that voicemail. If you don't have it and you're just leaving one to leave one, stop, right? Like, 
you're not circling in. You're not checking. The only reason you leave a voice though is because you need something. Let's be real. You're trying to do something for you. So just stop. So I didn't know more than five, right? Voice notes aren't necessary. I know somebody had asked the question too around what do you do if it's a follow-up, right? Like what if it's, you know, somebody that you already have a team with, how are you yep. using voicemail, right? And again, I still think it's not crazy. You don't need to be going over a ton because again, you already have communication with them. They know your number. They should know it. They already exchanged with you. Um, but if you are going to follow up, drill into the paint. So my follow-ups when it comes to actual warm, and this is important for you SDRs listening, when you qualify and get these people in a funnel, the only objective you need ever when you're cold calling and booking a meeting, can you identify the pain with this prospect? To your VP, to your AE, to everyone in the sales cycle, do you know actually what this person is suffering from? Because if you have that, your follow-up game is no problem. Because all you do is drill into the success of that pain, how people have made it through that pain, how they've gotten, you know, what did they do to accomplish that pain? You know, what happens if they don't address that pain? So your follow-up voicemails in that case are, hey, John, I just sent you an email around an article that really tackles how to imp implement your voicemail strategies by like these three things. I hope you take a look at it. And I look forward to talking soon on next steps, um, progressing the deal. Talk soon, right? And I'm drilling into that pain or, hey, I know for most personas right now or most VPs I talk to, this time is crucial. They are really trying to get through the sales funnel. I was just reaching out to see how I can alleviate that for you and make this smoother for you. Let me know if you have any questions. Talk soon. Yeah. Again, make them the hero. Show them that you're calling with the intent to support them and whatever that may be. I, I like that this is so customer centric and talk soon it really rings out to me because that vibe is the vibe I want people coming away. We will talk soon. I'm not going anywhere. Like, you're going to have to tell me to screw off before I leave you alone. I'm probably just going to talk to somebody else at your company. Uh, do you, Mariah has a good question here. Uh, thoughts on pre-recorded voicemail drops. Tom, what do you got? Ooh. You know, um, they could be effective. Again, they're ingenuine, right? Because they are not to the specific person. However, have I used them when doing some power dialer sessions? Yes, I have. Sure have. And I've done it because I knew a campaign was going out potentially where I was going to be sending a, you know, generic like case study email to my persona on day, you know, 15, right? In the sequence. Then I would just leave that voicemail, Maria, that I gave, right? Like, hey, James, you know, or hey, it's Tom. Uh, I was just leaving a voicemail here. No need to call me back. You're going to see an email that probably I've already come through or will be coming here shortly titled XYZ. We're just looking to get your thoughts on that. I'll give you a call in a couple of days. Talk soon. And I'll just have that drop on every voicemail that they potentially get. Yeah. And watch the notifications come through by HubSpot after a couple hours of just a few people ping, 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 hitting those emails. And I'm like, score, right? Um, so I will do something like that. I don't mention name. I try to stay persona specific. Yeah. You know, hey, as a VP of sales leader, you know, I do my question. I know somebody asks, like, can we go back to Quip, right? That's that other one where I told you the, you know, the question, insight, and prompt, you know, uh, that's where you could do like a mass eat voicemail kind of drop. Hey, it's Tom from the SD lab. Have you ever wondered, you know, how some companies manage to consistently exceed their sales quarter, your targets quarter after quarter? And my experience has often come down to having a highly motivated sales team. That's what I do. Would love to talk to you. I shot you an email titled XYZ, talk soon, right? So now I've got my question, I've got my insight, and I've got my prompt. And I can script that out and then set that up in the dialer 
And then any voicemail that comes across, yeah, I can just drop that down in there. That thing's going to come through and potentially those open rates will go up and I'll get a couple people in there. So yes, do I use them? Yes. I don't like to use them often because they can be generic, but if I have some generic email campaign going out or I have something that day, like inviting to a webinar even, something that is kind of grand ski, then heck yeah, I'm using the advantage of that dialer. I'm going to schedule, you know, pre, pre-record that thing out. That way my tone, my tonality is great at the very first of the morning. And that thing's going to drop as it's uh, doing its dials. Let's let's come back to your rule of three here. Thank you for answering that question, Mariah. Great questions. This one is also from Mariah. Good upvotes here. Uh, do you leave your number at any point during this rule of three? Or is the number, is the number just yes. something we leave out now because... I don't do it, man. I don't because it's 2023 going into 2024 sooner or later, man. Like at the end of the day, that number comes up. It's not necessary. Back in the day, that was ingrained in us because there was no such thing as caller ID. There was no way to get somebody. You had to leave. Like James, let's take it back to beepers, bro. You had to send a code, right? And you'd have to call. Like, <laughs> like there were always reasons for that stuff. But now, like 2023, guys, seriously, have you ever been like anybody ever call you where you were like, oh, I didn't have their number. How do I call this person back? Yeah. Only time I will leave. Okay. Sorry. Let's take that back. The only time I will leave a different number is yeah, if I'm potentially leaving a dialer, potentially, or I know I have a different line that I need them to call me back on versus where I'm calling from. However, with most dialers, you don't need to because if they call that number back, it's going to still get routed to your phone anyway. Yep. So I still know. Nowhere in my scripts do I ever list out my phone number. I don't give it. I, you're probably going to ask me the question you asked me before, right? I lead with my name and my company name as well, right? But I just simply say, James, it's Tom. No need to call me back, man. Uh, I was just reaching out to see if you've got a chance to look at that email I sent over to you titled XYZ. Thought I could catch you before hopping into a meeting. Looks like I couldn't, uh, but I'll be in touch in a couple of days. Talk soon. Yeah. Right? I don't need to do all of that. One, I need to tell them no need to call me back. Remove that burden. Let them know if they were even thinking it. You don't have to. This is not an emergency call. You're good, James. I just wanted you to listen. You don't got to call me back. Because some people are like that. They'll listen for like 10 seconds and then call you. And you're like, dude, did you listen to the voicemail? They're like, no, I just called you. I saw you call. And I'm like, dude, go listen to the voicemail. They're calling me back. I never do. They almost never do. But, you know, I don't leave that information because, again, the ideal time is under 60 seconds, period. Get your script right. Get your message down. Do it in 60 seconds or less. Yeah. It's erroneous information to put in there. And nobody's going to call you back, even if you do leave it, guys. So what? I'll put my number in at the end. So what? Nobody's going to go, oh, okay, let me write that down. Okay. Yeah. No, they're not really worried. Unless it's like a follow-up with a real client or something. There's, there's those caveats. But we're talking cold. Prospecting Talking cold sales even. voice messages. You know, you know, not writing down yeah. all your information no. on your back inherently. Uh, you know, you brought up the no need to call me back. John Bronder has a great conversation going here. Uh, do you lean on that for all your voicemails or do you change it up as you work through your touches? I still need to call me back. You lead with that, right? Yeah. That's my first touch. Like that's to start off the sequence. I'm not doing that in the second or third or later on. If I do have some, it is not my go-to every time. That'd be annoying. That'd be redundant. That every time I'm calling James, every five minutes, I'm like, hey, it's Tom. Hey, don't call me back. It's like, dude, I know. <laughs> I can get it. Yeah. So no, my script changes, right? I'm either using Quip, I'm going to go in with Par, or I'm going to do some content version. Um, but in that first one, I always say no need to call me back. I do have my pre-scripted 
hey, James, it's Tom. Shocking email titled XYZ. No need to call me back. Look forward to talking to you soon. Right. So I'll do that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't typically do that. Yeah. Um, our friend Jeff Hoffman suggested that 20 to 30 seconds is the estimated length of a successful voicemail. Would you say that's accurate for you as well? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would say, again, it's just the hell you guys, like nobody's going to sit and read this like an email. James is in the bathroom reading his, like, what do you, you know, like I got 30 seconds. You know? Don't lie. Everybody does that. <laughs> Well, and I, I, one of my other secret weapons is, uh, I use this subject line that I love called 26 seconds or less. And so I'll t like, if you have lavender or some of these tools, you could see how long your email takes to read or whatnot. So my subject line is 26 seconds or less. My opening line is, Hey James, yes, I did time this email. It's taking no less than 26 seconds. Here's why I'm reaching out. I use that in my voicemails. It is unique and it kills it. That's the best open rate I've ever had. It works every freaking time. People love it. 26 seconds or less or whatever the time it takes to read your email, whatever Lavender gives you or however long it takes you to read, that's what you throw in there. But I do that in voicemails too, right? Hey, James, this is going to take 26 seconds or less, my friend. I have no need to call me back. I was just reaching out, letting me know I just sent you an email. I know that place is a war zone and a dumpster fire probably. Look for this XYZ. I would really love to hear your thoughts on some voicemail strategies. I've seen your post today. Talk soon. And I made it out. I'm done. You see that as your first opening line when looking on the toilet, 26 seconds or less, you're like, as you're reading, you're like, I got this, bro. And I'm looking and then now, boom, right? You're either getting back to me or looking at that email while you're on the toilet. All right. So, why? You, all right. Let's stop talking about you. You look involved me. I guess I opened the door for that one, you know? Uh, all right. We, we've been talking about your voicemail structure and you've given a ton of great examples. I want to pull one up here. And then I want to call attention to the fact that I'm noticing that you often start with your name. And yeah. I have gotten into the habit of the, what I refer to as the Howard Wolowitz. Uh, if you watch The Big Bang Theory, Howard will leave a message that gives you everything. And then he, at the end, he's like, it's Howard, right? This is how he does it. He tells you why he's calling. Uh, my mom needs to know if you're coming over for dinner tonight because she needs to know how big a brisket to buy. And uh, I need to know so that my cousin can come and be there on time. It's Howard, right? It's, that's the way he does it. That's how I do it. And I leave my name at the end, uh, but you do it at the front. How does this work for you? Yeah. Again, uh, you know, most times, just like in a cold call, there's three pieces of information somebody wants to know and when digesting any type of information, right? Who are you? Where are you from? And why the hell should I care? Yep. Uh, those are the three things. And so you, we talked about this pre-show, but for me, it's been one of those crutches for me for many, many years, going back to always knowing voicemail. I was able to get over the phone number leaving twice, do it in the beginning, do it at the end, but it never got over the like, at least shade who I was. So I've always done that, right? Very quick, very, my tone is perfect. Like a friend, um, you know, because you don't know my number, you don't have a saved in your phone. So I do have to give you that. Now, my friends that I call every day, I don't have to do that, right? If I call you, you see Tom come up and you're like, what's up, man? It's like, Hey, how are you? I can get to it, but everybody knows if it's a cold call, they don't have you on the phone. They got to know who you are. However, just like I do an email now, and what I've been doing in my voicemails is to your point where just like an email, people always use a high first name, then they break the line and they write their email. Typical sales email, you know exactly what's coming. Comma, spy, all that. Like formal writing, like you're writing a thesis in your paragraphs, you know, break the lines. I now made that all one line, you know, hey, James. And then I just get into my paragraph and it's the first thing. So that, that white space is there. 
or I switch it around. Hey, did you know most sales leaders have been really, you know, underutilizing voicemails by up to 30%? James, this is why I'm reaching out and I'll put that still in the first line, but I actually put it at the end. And so I've been doing that in voicemails. Hey, no need to call me back. I was just giving me a call. I just titled it an email sent over to you, uh, titled XYZ voicemail strategies. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this, James. This is Tom with the SD lab. Talk soon. And then I can do it there. Um, and at least let them hear the message. Yeah. I, now transcript, it really doesn't matter where it's going to go. They're going to read it and it's just prone to finish out. Most people write it what they've read. Uh, but if they at least listen to it, yeah, just could he write to it? Hey, James. I was giving you a call, man. I see your recent post around voicemail strategies. Thought that was incredible. Couldn't believe a lot of people said, screw this. I don't listen to them. I shot you an email around, you know, three ways to approve your voicemails for your sales team. Look forward to talking soon. This is Tom with the FD lab. That's it. Right. You now got the trump. You at least got your quotient. I gave you what you needed. And and I gave you all of yours before I took my selfish of like, hey, here's who I am. So yeah, I, I don't. I try to get off of it, but yeah, my go-to is I always say Tom with the SD lab, but I, but I am trying to move it and use it more at the end. So I can get them to at least get the content first before they bail out. You know, I, I don't know that there is a right or wrong answer. I think that it depends on the buyer and the listener and the mood that they're in. If they want to know that it's Tom calling from the SD lab before they listen on that day, wonderful. If they're not in the mood to know that it's Tom from the SD lab, maybe they skim over that and they just continue to go on with the message or they delete it because they didn't really care that it was Tom. I don't know anyone named Tom. <laughs> you don't know. And that's why you have to leave voice messages multiple times. The rule of three was great. Uh, I want to get to some questions from the audience because we got some great questions. Then I'm going to give people some tips from you on how they can improve. So this one comes from Carrie Spencer. Uh, mentioned the triple tap. I think she's referring to your one, two, three. When you do LinkedIn, oh no, this is for the one, two, three call email LinkedIn, right? Uh, she says, when you do LinkedIn, are you already connected when you reach out or is it the first time you've reached out? Are you leaving a voicemail or a video message on LinkedIn as well? No. So initially in my first like few reach outs, I'm trying to get, gain that invite, right? And connect with them. Um, so all I can really lean on right now is email, my phone, and then at least just following and engaging in their content as best as I can. I can't do a video because I'm not going to send it an email. I'm sorry. I'm of the believer that I'm not going to shoot out links and do certain things in the first touch, maybe the second one until I can warm up that, that exchange. Uh, but yeah, by the third, fourth, fifth, I should hope to have that connect um, to where then I can drop that video over on LinkedIn. That might be able to show James some things about his website, walk him through some things. I do a screen share. I don't do just face recording. Um, didn't work for me. The stats showed me I couldn't do that. Maybe my face wasn't pretty. But now what I do the screen share with my face down there, it works. Uh, but yeah, in the triple tap, that first day where I'm doing the phone to connect and the, the voicemail and the, the email, I can't do a video. I can't do anything yet. Uh, I am waiting to earn that right on their LinkedIn. Once I get that right, I'm trying to be helpful. I'm probably not going to send that video for maybe the first two, three messages. Again, don't get, wait for the exception and then immediately send them a video. Might not work well, right? If yeah. People do it. Trust me. I, I have some friends. So that's all they sell is by video first. Um, so again, no silver bullet. But yeah, I'm not referencing that. I'm not shooting that over. Um, I'm just doing my traditional methods uh, in that beginning. It's a good question. And I understand where you're coming from there. This one is kind of along that same vein, but more about sequences than LinkedIn. Uh, it, this is from John Bronder again. If your sequences of if your sequence messaging is trigger based, 
Do you leave a voicemail on each leading main email? Is it voicemail and then an email each time when you're trigger-based? No, no, not always. Uh, again, you're being intentional, right? So if there's some stuff to follow up around that trigger, then yeah, man, I'm going to be following up an email. I'm going to shoot them a couple of resources if I see they're doing some sales growth, right? I've got a guide on what other VPs of sales have said where they're stumbling mistakes when growing. So I use that as a resource, right? I say, hey, I see your sales team's expanding. Would love to share this resource with you from other VPs like yourself who said these were their common pitfalls when first scaling. Hope this might be insightful, right? Um, but yeah, I try to, again, voicemail is very specific according to when I need it, um, but I'm not trying to trigger a prospect every five minutes. Once I find a trigger, I'm just building value around that trigger until I can find which trigger motivates them to want to move forward and where their real pain is. And each touch references that same pain point. It's like you say, it's a longer, bigger story. It's a linear thought for the person that's getting the the LinkedIn message, the connection request, the email, and then the voicemail. It's a, if you're going to do all of those things, yeah, if you're going to do all those touches, they don't have to be redundant. They don't have to be a copy of each other. You're not going to voicemail and an email the same thing. Every touch point needs to tell a story to the next one, right? My, my cold call script is different. My emails are going to tie into that, continue to build off of that. Then my LinkedIn behavior is going to lead into that, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you want to tell a story and, and drive home that pain to get them to move, right? I get that emotion out of them. And so that's what you need to do in your, your outreach. Well, Tom and I might connect and answer more of these questions because Tom and I like to answer questions. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I want to ask this last question before we show people where they can connect with you, learn more from you. Uh, it's about getting better at leaving voicemails. Some of this might be for newer reps. Some of it might be for just people that have neglected it. And I'll just go ahead and ask the audience now, for those of you that said, no, I'm not a believer, did we change your mind at all throughout this process with all these examples? So how do we get people to be more confident in their voice message game? How did you get good at this? This is my tip I want to leave you all with. I put in a lot of practice. Um, what I did to nail my voicemails is a couple of things. One, every morning when I got into the office, I called my cell phone and left a voicemail. That would be in the, the shape of a prospect. I do it again after lunch. That way I could see the tonality and delivery throughout the day, kind of understand where I'm at, what it sounded like, and even put myself in the, the shoes of my prospect. We don't think to do that enough. And I wish people did is you want to know the answers of if this email will go well, this tactic will go well, how would you perceive it? Right? How would you look at it if you were in that role or, and, and then maybe you'll understand. Right? So I practice there. And then I just call a lot of friends. I'd shoot them a text message. Hey, James, I'm going to call you. Can you not answer? I'm just going to leave a voicemail. It's like what I do in my sales job. And when you get a chance, can you just like break it down for me and tell me what your thoughts were? And then I'll call them. They don't answer. And I leave them that voicemail. Right. And then they'll tell me kind of later on, like, dude, that was that. I mean, I would call back or I don't know. I thought it was really late. Like, what were you trying to tell me? I didn't get it. Like, I don't understand where you were going with that. Or yeah. man, I was really personalized. I really felt like, you know, you knew what I had to go on in my world. And so I would just test and practice those voicemail strategies um, to where I could get it in 60 seconds. I could be very crisp and clear. Um, and then just test different things. The question, the frameworks, those were all testing with my friends on what could work, what not work. But yeah. how I went out there and burned it with my, my TAM, right? Or tried it on my audience. I just try it with my friends. Hey, I'm trying this new technique on this, you know, question, insight, and prop. Let me know how it makes you feel, right? When you leave uh, to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, if I just test it, man, I just let like let my friends, the real people out there, because we could tell each other all we want to hear. Me, you, this audience, we're all in this world. We know what should, what, you know, all of that. But go call your friends, your family, yeah. go call them and do your tactic on them and let me know how they how they react to it. And I promise you that's how your prospects are doing it too. And you'll be able to approve from it. And then your friends give a little look in your life too. They're like, you do that every day? I'm like, I do that every day. I'm not doing that every day, bro. They're like, dang, I could never do that. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why we do what we do. It's our entire lives. And that's why it's important that we get outside perspectives because they give us the best feedback. I love that tip and that strategy. Tom, I'm going to drop your LinkedIn in the chat right now so everybody can go and connect with you and learn from you in the SD lab. I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom today and coming in and giving us all these great tactics. Let us know on the survey that you're going to get at the end of this because that's how we improve. And we make this stuff for you. We do this every single day so that you guys can learn from experts like Tom and others and start changing your results immediately. Go ahead and connect with us on social. Follow us at sellbetter.xyz on Instagram. We put out daily content every day on YouTube and TikTok as well. Connect with me personally at Say What Sales, all one word. Hey. I never met a stranger, just a friend that I haven't met yet. Tom. What would be your last takeaway? And we'll let everybody go. Last takeaway. Again, just be human. Try to aim as if you talk to your friends. All the tonality, your word choice. You guys saw in all of my examples. I am happy. I am excited. I am leaving a voicemail with some enthusiasm and some intent. Not, hey, James, it's Tom. Yeah. Passion. Awesome. Stand up. I'm at a stand up desk. I move around and it helps me stay on my feet and positive. And so just, just put a smile on, leave some voicemails within tank. If you got nothing great to say, don't leave the voicemail. It's not going to make or break you. Amazing show today, buddy. Thank you again. And we will see you guys next time. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah.